What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Arc Soccer Collective Podcast. I'm Curtis, your host as always, with Wendell, Josh, and a new one again, Kegel. Uh, let's get right into it, guys. Uh, a lot has happened this week. A lot of good things, a lot of bad things, a lot of questionable things. But uh, I want to start off with the FIFA Biennial World Cup scenario situation going on right now, where it seems we might be getting a World Cup every two years instead of four because FIFA's set on pushing this through. Um, I got a lot of opinions about it. I'm sure you all do, but let's uh, hear from you first. Let's see what you got to say about it. Okay, so, I mean, obviously, I feel like it's a cash grab. Um, it's it's They're trying to push more, more money into the, the World Cup. Every four years, the World Cup's like a special thing, right? So every four years, it's, it's something that you kind of build towards, right? And then also from a from just a logistical standpoint, right? If you have a World Cup every two years, it gives countries less time to get prepared, right? There's there's stadiums that need to be built, plans need to be made, you know, infrastructure needs to be secured, security, all that. Um, and then it just it just fully crowds the the summer results, right? Like you have summers off where where players don't have to worry about international fixtures, and then you have summers like this past summer where we had to double up on Confederations Cup. UEFA, the Euros, you know, and then you add World Cup into the mix, it's going to it's gonna put more wear and tear on these players. You're going to start seeing more and more injuries, I feel like. I mean, do I want to see a World Cup every two years? Yeah, I'd love to see an international competition every two years, but I think it's going to really just kind of detract from the, the overall prestige of it, right? Um, but I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things I can't feel like it's nothing but money motivated. They're not really watching out for their players. They're worrying about more of driving you know, profits, and, and we know FIFA, and now UEFA wants to get a hand in the World Cup. It's, it's just really fishy to me, overall. I don't really see where this... I don't I don't really see where the other tournaments would fall into place if you have a FIFA World Cup every two years. Like, what... what so does everything... It's like, does everything else have to go two years at that point, too? Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, aside from the obvious, FIFA can fix a lot of things about soccer that they refuse to fix, and I, I find it very weird that they can't things in order to make the game a better sport but they can make a two-year world cup it's it's just weird to me all around and the you the back and forth they're having with uefa where uefa's not having it because they want to be a part of it but they really yep. can't fifa can just control whatever they want because they're the governing body i don't know it's just what do you think josh i agree that i think it's definitely a cash grab i mean you look at the fact that We've already had to move this coming up World Cup to the winter to accommodate the host country and the temperatures and everything like that. They're already having a hard time figuring out international friendlies, World Cup qualifiers that are also happening this year that would normally be happening in the offseason between breaks and the reschedule, all of that. On top of that, like Cagle said, you got to compact on those international games. It's going to take away from other international tournaments. For example, I mean, if you have the World Cup every two years, what's the point of having the Olympics? Yeah. No, no senior team player is going to want to play in the Olympics at all. You might as well just make it the under twenty three team at that point, which it yeah. pretty much is with your three plus added players. But I mean, you're taking away the Euro competition. I mean, I think we had a great Euro this summer. Um, I thought the play was of high quality. It was a great yeah. tournament, and, I mean, you have the World Cup every two years. It takes away from that. Who cares about watching the Euro or the CONCACAF or anything like that when you have a World Cup every two years and the other year you have a Olympics? Yeah. I agree. I mean, for me, I think the best move 
to any tweak of the World Cup was just make to, to be to make the World Cup a bigger tournament where you had yeah. more teams. That mean, because I mean the the argument that they're using, and I don't like how they're hiding it behind Arsene Wenger and all these former soccer greats, where they're trying to say this is great for the game, it's great for the sport. It helps in no way because one, injuries are going to be higher. The more you play, the more you're going to get hurt. The mystique of the World Cup is gone if you do it every four, if you do it every two years instead of four, because that's what makes the competition so much better. You don't get this chance. The best players only get to play in it two, maybe three times if they're lucky. Now that you're making it every two years, it's not going to have the same value. And I don't like how they liken it to the Champions League, where they say the Champions League is every year, and it's not. It doesn't. It still has its value, and it's like. I mean, but it's not the World Cup by any stretch of the imagination. Like, soccer players love the Champions League, but everyone loves the World Cup. Even if you're not a fan. Like, I have family members from Panama who, when Panama was in the World Cup, they never watched a, a game of soccer like that in their lives. But when they were in it, they were watching every single game, even though they didn't win. It's a different tournament, and it's held at a higher standard for a reason. It's every four years. I, 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 go ahead. So, I mean, I agree. I think you asked... Any player that's won a Champions League trophy, I bet you any one of them would trade that Champions League trophy for a World Cup trophy. I mean, look at how many great players that have won the Champions League that have not won the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, prime example, Messi. I mean... You got close. Close, but he didn't win it. (laughs) I bet you he would trade any of his Champions League trophies and for the World Cup trophy. Any day of the week. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Well, I don't know. Because a part of me believes Messi doesn't care to play for countries unless he does for a club when he was with Barcelona because he was he grew up in Barcelona. That was his country in a sense because you, know you know how that club runs. I mean, that's a, that's a different argument for a different day, but I don't know. I, maybe he would trade it in because he's got so many Champions League he can afford to trade one in. <laughs> I'm dead. But, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it holds different value to different people. And... Just to get back onto the topic, it's just weird to me that people like, I don't even really believe, Ar- I don't know if you guys heard Arsene Wenger's interview about this whole decision where he's talking like, oh, this is great, this is perfect for the league. It's like, you don't believe that. There's no way if Arsene Wenger was managing a club player and they had to go play in the World Cup every two years, he'd be exactly. fine with it. He'd be pissed. He hoped yep. somebody mess up and lose so he can get a job. That's what it sounds like. Me, he's not getting a job. <laughs> he he's trying to shake things up between his like the rule changes he's proposed and now this World Cup thing. He's just really trying to shake up the game and make it more marketable at the end of the day to get more viewers engaged in. I feel like. But like I mean, like y'all said, it is one hundred percent a cash grab. Um, yeah, I was I was looking. And I just look. I just found the first link that I saw online earlier. But the twenty eighteen FIFA World Cup revenue was five point four billion dollars. Every two years, bro, that's a lot of money that they're making and not doing anything with to make things better, like you said, Kurt. So, and because the country still fronts the bill for most of the World Cup, exactly, exactly. Yep. So, and but you would have to get rid of those if it was to be every two years. There would be no such thing as international friendlies. Everything would be a competition. Like everything would be competition. And that's the other portion of it. That's How does the international calendar work? It, it'll ruin club games it'll because there'll be more international breaks unless they're yeah. going to make it a shorter qualification yeah. setup, which but I doubt they will. To, to, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you could use your, which is nobody's going to do, but you could use your World Cup games as like 
a way to bring up your young players and showcase them. But I, st- mm. I still don't, I still don't think it's a good. It's honestly not a good idea to do every two years. Like it's and to be honest with you, I already think there's too many international breaks as is. And if you're gonna do a two year World Cup, there's gonna be so many more. And it's be a lot. it yeah. it kills it kills the momentum in certain leagues, in my opinion. Yeah. Like yeah. you 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 get used to watching so many games, and then you have to stop and watch international games. And we don't most people don't watch most of those games. Right. You kind of know which way they're gonna go one way or the, one way or the other. I just feel like this whole thing is again a money grab, and it's the it's one of those things where FIFA is stepping in when they can make the money and doing whatever they want to do, but when someone else yeah. tries to make the money, it's a problem. I.e., the Super League. Yeah. It's you can't be this hypocritical and then turn around and be the moral police and on the other on the other foot when it's not you making the money. Yeah. I, I really don't understand FIFA. No matter who they're they're they run essentially like I guess any soccer federation is like this at this point where it's they run based on the dollar and what they can do and what they can get away with. Yeah. And Kegel, like you said earlier, logistically, well, ninety percent of these players don't play in their home country. Bro, it's a lot to travel back and forth. And yep. you're, you're practicing, you're, you're training, you're you're playing games, and you could have you could easily end up with three games a week. Ain't no professional soccer playing three games a week. Like that's that's a lot on their body. Their their longevity, yeah. the longevity of their careers is not gonna not gonna last that long. It's not gonna be that long. So it's 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 not a good idea to me at all. I mean, for example, like build it on that. Look at the player. Uh, was his name? Um, that played for Spain that ended up playing like seventy matches oh, yeah. every past yeah. year. Yeah, who went year. from playing in League Cup play. Straight into the Euros, straight into the Olympics. Now right back in club yeah. play. They made him I go mean, on vacation. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you're gonna run players into the ground when you try to do something like this. I mean, I, they they ahead. might as well bring back the importance of like the Confederations Cup leading up back to the World Cup and make that more bigger there if they're really trying to get another international tournament. Yeah, I think it's going to detract from club football as well because you got to think these clubs are going to start protecting their investments, right? They're going to stop releasing players for international duty because if they're playing international games all summer long, every summer, but we'll say one summer, right? Because you got Euros, Olympics, World Cup, and then Confederations Cup if their if their team plays in it, right? It's going to get to the point where we're not going to release you for this tournament because you know at the end of the day we're going to have to give you a rest before, and it's going to get us off to a slow start. So say like. Like a player like like Pedri, you know what I mean? That that is really firing his team forward, and and you know his team's gonna be like, you know what, we need you here for the club. Yeah. Uh, you're you're not released for international duty this summer, sort of thing, because it does because like this season, like how many players, first team players, didn't you know start playing because of the Euros, right? Pogba for for United, you know Mason Mount, you know Luke Shaw, all those guys that that had long tournaments, right, or had a lot Rashford. of minutes in the tournament. Rashford, yeah, exactly. Right, had long tournaments. The the clubs have to have to rest them, and then that puts them behind because now they got to get back into fitness. Now they got to get back in the first team training, catch up with all the tactics, and now you're you're a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks behind on the, on the league, and you're dropping points left and right. The club's gonna step in and be like, you're not allowed to go. Yeah, and if I think that was a part of UEFA's response to this, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, correct, where they were yeah. saying we're not gonna let our players play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think UEFA's and I think UEFA's taking that same kind of stance to like seem like the moral police, but they also have their faults with it. Where we we don't agree with everything they do. Yeah. But it's just the it's just the constant corruption in all these governing bodies that's gonna keep things like this from happening. Because t- 
to be honest with you, I think it will get for, I will, it will get pushed through. I don't I don't see I don't see who can stop FIFA at this point from getting that legislation through. Other than the but, players. Yeah, I mean, the, the indi- individual federations uh, yeah. like USSF, DFA, that right. sort of thing would have right. to step up and be like, we're not. At the end of the day, it's bad for our players, kind of thing. Right. And then, unless they're getting a kickback from it, that's. I mean, yeah, we, we know how they like to line pockets, right? So, yeah. yeah. I wish somebody so, would line my pockets. Yeah, right. Man. <laughs> I mean, what you mean? It's giving real NCAA vibes, like yeah. whatever we can yeah. do to make the whatever we can do to make the money, we're gonna do. And as long as nobody really gets on us for it. Who cares? We're gonna make the money. Yeah. So, I just, I just still, th- I, I just really feel like soccer as a whole needs to reevaluate itself and when it makes these rules. Because as much as we don't like the American way of doing things and how they run their leagues, it's, it's a fair way to run your leagues. They, they take, they keep players' best interest in at some, for the most part, at at hand, and they balance it with business. This isn't balancing business and player safety. This is balancing money yeah this is balancing a bank account for whoever is and whoever is making whoever's part of whoever's representing these countries in FIFA. yeah i agree it's almost like they need a a national international players association kind of like the nflpa or the nhlpa to kind of voice these concerns for them but that all goes back to a salary cap which i'm sure we'll talk about on another podcast but that's what that's when those rules get put in place people would actually have to change their ways but as of right now european soccer is so in its own in its own kind of me- mentality and rules that you can't have those you don't have those types of roadblocks to stop things like this from happening. Exactly. It's just it's just too much. And I mean, again, I'll be honest with you. If the World Cup is every two years, I would be a little bit less interested. I would be because very, absolutely. You're yeah. getting you're getting the same players for the most part. Like that's the best part about the world cup to me is you discover a new player every time or a new, a new young guy comes along and you're like yeah. like Mbappe in the last world cup he right. came along and he was dominant yeah. you're gonna take that away when you have and the records and that's the other the records will be blown yep. out of the water oh, yep. and when we have the argument about who's the best we'll, we'll say okay well this one if ronaldo if brazilian ronaldo played every two years he might have thirty goals in if, the if World he, Cup. If he had played six extra World Cups, he, you know, yeah, what I'm saying? yeah. It, it gives it gives two. It it just throws a wrench in everything, and it changes the whole yeah. mentality and this and the and the approach of soccer. I don't really understand why people think. I mean, I understand why they're trying to do it, yeah. but it just doesn't make sense. From it's kind of it's kind of like how the NBA wanted to have that like in season tournament, and then wanted yeah. to have the playoffs. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, no, yeah, it's dumb. It's, for, it, it, but it doesn't benefit the players at all. That was arguably physically. worse, though, because it doesn't amount to anything. Right, it's yeah. Just like a, yeah, physically, it, like, it doesn't help them at all. Like, it's just nothing. Yeah, I, I, I really just, I don't know. I just think FIFA's on this on this tirade, and it doesn't, it's, it's just like how we were talking last week, where it doesn't matter who you put on the women to run the U.S. Soccer Federation. They always do the same things to the women's yeah. soccer team. The same thing runs with people. It doesn't matter who we put in there. It doesn't matter how many of your favorite soccer players are a part of it. Because clearly Arsene Wenger, who we thought, whom I thought growing up was a player's guy. He was more, I always figured he was one of the guys that would always have a player's interest at hand. Clearly he doesn't if he's taking this route, if he's standing up for people on this. Yeah. I, I really don't understand it. Yeah, you would think but, that coaches would understand more. You know, Even, yeah, th- and then, even uh, preparing for games. You know, the uh, goalie, the games. former goalie for Manchester United, that spoke. Oh, I'm losing his name. Did I sh- not catch Michael? 
Who is the former? Peter Man. Schmeichel? Peter Schmeichel. Peter yep. Schmeichel, yeah. He was, <laughs> was Schmeichel. again. Yeah, it's his, it's Casper's dad. Schmeichel. <laughs> yeah. He's um doing the same thing and it's like you don't believe that. Like yeah. you know, you know you know what you're you know what you're saying isn't genuinely your opinion, it's what FIFA's opinion. <laughs> I mean, but do keepers really do anything, Kester? Like, you just kind of stand back <laughs> no, there and do anything. the game. <laughs> Waste time, you know what I mean? Roll the ball out. You know? He doesn't know what he's talking about. Do more than what you do in a game. Sheesh! <laughs> yeah, the drink is water after that. Sips tea. Sips tea, right? <laughs> but no, um, just before we close it out, I mean... Do you what, what would you rather see? Because I mean, I'm I'm still of the belief that at make a 64 64 team tournament and make it a it'll be a grueling summer, and then of course it'll take a while for them to come back and play in their leagues. But at the same time, you get more money coming in because more more countries would be interested. Number one, number two, you get a bigger tournament. More, more, more stadiums to build. That they they love building stadiums in places that already that don't need a stadium. You get to build more stadiums. I mean, what who who I loses have, in that situation if I you have more teams? Okay, question, though. Sorry. What's well, that? no, well, I'll answer that. Who Um, <clears throat> I think adding more teams would be ideal for it, because then you would have longer breaks in between games because there's so many teams playing. But I mean. Not necessarily, because you could still. Well, I mean, it'd be it'd be a longer it'd be, it'd be longer than a month. It'd be longer. Sure. Than, it would be longer than a month, yeah. But you get the viewership that you're that that those billions of dollars you made in the World Cup, you would arguably, if you run the analytics, probably run get even more money. Oh, because another team in the Asian Oceania Oceania region right. gets to have a team in there, and right. their whole country is going to watch them play. South Africa that's, that's, finally that's like, gets in. Like, yeah, exactly. There's more likelihood you and everybody loves the dark horses oh yeah every every fifa we every fifa tournament we're always rooting for some team that are we know probably won't get to the finals and win it yeah. but they always make a run like iceland in the euros a couple years yeah. back but i mean in the defense there oh, there is always one team that makes a run so it's kind of yeah like, it's not unheard but imagine of having five of those and then i mean i wouldn't mind that to be honest with you <laughs> it's more like it's more like march madness at that at that point because yep. then you get well, you get more of an a, a prob- yeah. higher probability of an upset yeah. So I must say I disagree. Um, Go ahead. I don't. It, the added of the more teams can I think that take away from the viewership, especially in those early stages. If you have every single team start playing, because say you're going to have teams like Brazil play teams like Trinidad and Tobago when they're a smack them nine zero. I'm really not trying to see Neymar no, Barry nine. I've, no one's going to tune in to watch those no. games. I don't want to yes, see no, Kuwait play. People India. barely <laughs> watch the group stage as it is, unless yeah, it's you, a high major game. I could see. Who, go ahead. I'll say if you want to add more teams to try to give those underdog to Cinderella stories a chance to come through. <laughs> um, Your dog disagrees with you. Right, it disagrees yeah. wholeheartedly. wholeheartedly. <laughs> You're gonna. I could see maybe you you leave out the top like two teams out of the all the different regions like. The Euro, the Concap, Oceania, and have them have a buy for the first round of games. That way, you're not having Italy playing Panama. You're looking at it from you're looking at it from a soccer player. You don't want to see a nine-zero thrashing. I'm telling you from a, 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 
unbi a non a non soccer watcher watching a nine o smacking. That's what yeah. they love. Yeah. And America, especially in America, we love to see a, a love high scores. Yeah, yeah you love, love you, scores. you love an Alabama versus a uh, Western don't get me wrong. University <laughs> of Richmond. Yeah, 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 I, so I love to see a high scoring in, game. <laughs> I love bring, to see a high scoring game. But you're in, you're you're gonna have team like this is gonna go back to coaches not wanting their players to play in a tournament that's two months long during the summer because. I think why would I risk what am I? Why would a coach risk their top talents in a game that they're going to destroy the team anyways in the early stages? You know, Neymar's not going to play for so long against Trinidad and Tobago. He's going to play for 15 minutes, and then they're going to put somebody else. In. And I why even have that? That's that's what World Cup qualifiers are for—to weed out those games, those teams. But the argument, but they, but the thing is, they want more money. If FIFA wants more money, this is the way to get more money. This is a way to get more money without having to do it every two years. Yep. And I think managers would go for the elongated tournament over the two years, every two years World Cup. Because, like, from a coaching standpoint, I would much rather have my player gone for two months every four years than have my player gone for a month and a half every two years over the summer. You know what I mean? It's just more chance for those players to get injured if they're away. Because at that point, they do have to play more World Cup qualifiers in that space of time. You know what I mean? So... That's, I, I think managers would opt for an elongated tournament over that because then at that point, like we, we talked about earlier about getting those young stars a chance to play, that's where the younger players would start rotating in or players you that might be on the bubble list yeah. that you, you maybe brought along just in case you know you have an opportunity to get those players playing time. That That's the opportunity to get those players those playing times and a chance at international level to see how they compete. Yep. Especially like in England where you have all those guys yeah. that are so young. Much younger. Exactly. Yeah. To see like my boy Tammy score a couple on Trinidad and Tobago, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, see, or like like a Mason Greenwell hops in for England against you know like yeah. Lithuania. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's a perfect opportunity to see how he fits into your system, how everything gels with him, and if he can really compete at that level. That's what World Cup qualifiers for. So, like that's, yeah, but I'm, you're describing World Cup qualifiers <laughs> at this moment. Like that's but what if, you guys. But if you have to, but if you have to elongate the tournament, that's the best way to elongate it, right? Or if you if you're looking to get more World Cup games in. At that point, I would rather have an elongated tournament from both a player and a, a fan perspective. I'd much rather, you know, because I don't want it to hinder the the club season. Because let's be honest, more players or more fans are going to watch clubs over international play, right? It, it's it's a more marketable thing. There's there's more a higher level fixture results, and you know, so yeah. I would much rather watch a long tournament, see these young players, like you said, those those new stars that randomly come out, like James or you know, like Keylor Navas or something like that. I'd rather yeah. get more time seeing them during the summer then have to watch players every two years. Because at that point, everything's going to start overlapping. Euros are going to start overlapping. Confederation Cup's going to overlap. Olympics are going to overlap. And it's going to just gum up the works for the club season. Yeah. Like, look how much outrage there was for the Winter World Cup, like you talked about earlier. Like, the managers and the players are upset that they have to shift stuff around for the club season. Because it falls directly in the middle of not only the, the club, but FA Cup, League Cups, uh, Champions window. League. Yeah, Champions League transfer well, window. You would have to like, you would have to shorten you would have to shorten your club season. I think that would be that would be the game. They are not going to do that. They're not yeah. they're not going to. They're but not going to do that. Because you're think you would end up having to shorten the Champions League season as well. Right. Because Champions League ends after right. the majority of all top yeah. seasons. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. so it would be it would be like the top two or three teams in each league instead of like the top four. Yeah, but. They're not gonna take away from the Champions League just to add a couple weeks onto World Cup. Yeah, I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
I'm no, not, I completely I, agree. I agree. I agree. I think that I, the World Cup, how it is right now, is fine. If you want to draw emphasis back to bringing back the Confederations Cup, yeah. I mean, as a USA fan, we've had some success in that in previous years. I mean, I always remember the Landon Donovan goal going into right before the um, South Africa World Cup. Yep. Against Spain, right? Yep. Nah. So, was it against Spain? Was it Brazil? No, you're talking. I think that was Algeria, wasn't it? You're talking about where he tapped it in off yep. of uh, Dempsey's shot. Yeah, that was in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about the Confederations Cup. Mm-hmm. But yeah. just still, like, I don't, I, and I guess it is me viewing it as a fan's perspective. Like, I just don't think it's needed by any means. Cash Either grab. way, like, exactly. It's just a yep. cash grab. It's not needed. Yep. Either way, I think it's a take away from the prestige of the World Cup, even if you elongate it or have it two years. It's got to make part of the World Cup less prestigious. I mean, this is far from over. They still got to vote for it, so I guess we will check back in with it, right? So, But, I mean, I again, I, I think it will be approved. Maybe it'll get overturned after a while, but I do think they will eventually agree on a two-year World Cup. Uh, it's not going to be as good as they think it's going to be. But, all right, let's move on to uh, Barcelona and uh, – their game against uh, Levante, and more specifically, Ansu Fati. It's been what Ansu. almost a, <laughs> it's been what almost a year since he's uh played. Yeah. He came on in like the 80th yeah. minute, but even before he came on, they look Barcelona look convincing, look they look obviously, but it's not the greatest team they played. But I want to leave with this: I think that we we gave up on Barcelona once Messi left, and we failed to realize how many good players they still have and how many young players they have that could potentially be the next Messi. I think Fati show, showed you that he still has that talent that he had before he got hurt, number one. Number two, you see how the fans react to him when he scores his goal. and Clearly, they believe he's going to be their next star, their next guy. And number, I mean, I forgot what number I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> and then number 72. Number eight. <laughs> one, two, ten. <laughs> Whatever number I'm on. Um... Barcelona still has one of the best academies in the world. Like, yep. I feel like we forgot that because of Messi that they can't they can't pull another kid out of there and he's gonna be a star. How old is Fazi? Like what? Twenty? Eighteen? Yeah. Or, he's young. Yeah, he's, he's young. young. They could they probably have like three or four more guys in the academy that are gonna come in and then still give Madrid a run for their money. Yeah. I mean, what I do you think. Um, no, they they definitely look really good. Um, honestly. Looking back on it, he probably should have passed the ball. But I'm glad he shot it. <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had a man to his left, he had a man to his right, you know. But, yeah, no, I'm actually. Get the <laughs> rebound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody caught that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he could have passed the ball. He could have passed the ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, but, I mean, honestly, like, for a young player like that to have such, like, a devastating injury, um, it's really good to see him come back and, you know, just get his feet, you know, get his feet wet again, you know, and score goals. It's 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 nice to see. So, yeah, I'm happy he scored. Not only that, but Memphis the, Dubai. The, the confidence of him, not only to take that chance on, but yeah. to take on the number 10. Because it yeah. wasn't like Coleman was just like, here, you're going to be number 10. I'm sure there was a discussion about, you know what this comes with, For following sure. directly after Messi, you know what I mean? Sure. So so the confidence in a young player like that to 
want that pressure and want that burden of the number 10. Because let's be honest, Messi taking it from Dino, it, it, Dino's a great player, but Messi was already producing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fati after being out for almost a year, that's a lot, and very unproven, right? It, it, he's one of those, those young players that have a lot of hype behind him, but how many times do we see that and it doesn't amount to anything, right? A lot. Yeah, exactly. So, so the confidence to take that number 10... And to, to, you know, shoulder that burden and, and try to lead the team, is it's it's impressive to me. It is. It is. So it's, I'm really glad that he was able to get in and, you know, get that confidence back and, you know, his first appearance back. It, it, it bodes well for Barcelona. If I'm a Barcelona fan, I'm really excited moving forward about it. For sure. And you saw his parents crying, bro? I almost cried. Yeah, man. absolutely. I almost I was cried, dog. <laughs> Mom, dad. And <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever cried in my games. <laughs> they cried, but it was because I missed a shot. No oh, facts. Ah. Ah, Kurt, Kurt missed the kid. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I believe they have a great team still. Gerard PK is still there for that veteran leadership. Yep. Memphis Depay looks good as well. I mean, people, he does. We, 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 we sleep on him a lot, but he's a solid player, and Barcelona is better with him than they are without him. You got all these great players. I'm interested to see when they play Madrid and El Clasico how it goes, especially for Real Madrid because I like Camavinga as well. I, I'm, I'm on I'm on that boat. I'm on that ah uh, welcome bandwagon as well. Welcome, welcome. Um, so it's like I mean I, I I just wanted to put that out there because we it felt like when he when Messi left again Barcelona was gonna be in some sort of whirlwind with less talent and struggle, but again this is a club that existed before Messi. They're gonna go on without him. This is a well-run club, arguably one of the best. I mean, honestly, the best run, best-run club. Well-run. I mean, they aren't dead. I mean, but that's <laughs> because mean, of the that's because of the rules where they're trying to make this pseudo I mean, salary cap thing work yeah. in La Liga. It's not really because they've spent too much. I mean, they spend crazy money, but every club spends crazy money. Yeah. But if you think about clubs that are successful, the Manchester United's, the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's, the Real Madrid's. Barcelona's always been one of those teams that's always had the great players. Oh, for sure. Barcelona will always be Barcelona, always, despite yeah. what they're going through. Real Madrid exactly. will always be Real Madrid, and so on and so forth for all the big clubs. There's going to be kids growing up that are going to be like the next starlets that grow up wanting to play for Barcelona. They yeah. might come up through another youth system, like a Southampton or an Ajax, but at the end of the day, their heart is in Barcelona. Just like with Ronaldo coming up through Lisbon and then United, he always wanted to play for Madrid. Transfers to Madrid, plays for Madrid. That it's it's not going to change just because you know they lose one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think that was definitely a, a point that uh, we. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was like, what are they going to do when Messi's gone? It, I think you, I think you just because think he was left, the only player because it's he a left so to quickly. He left so yep. quickly that I don't think it was he had a, it was abrupt. It was abrupt. It. Like we were like, oh my god, Messi's gone. Like they're trash now. Like they're not trash. It's, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Josh? I agree with everything that you guys are saying. You're a liar. Except, <laughs> except for the fact <laughs> that they are just as good as they were. I think we have to realize they, like Kegel said, it, it's a having Messi leave so abruptly left a huge void. Yes, they have a great academy program, but it took them years that Messi, Jave, Iniesta court they had come up through the academy and everything. I mean, that was a once in a generation type thing to come up through an academy. Yes, Wendell. <laughs> do you think do you think with that core three that you just named, you could have like their new core three is Ansu Fati, Pedri, and 
Luke De Jong, you think you can see them having that kind of success that Xavi Iniesta and Messi had? That same success? No. And I think it's unfair to try to compare them to those three. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I think, those, I think those, those, I don't think, I think it's so unfair. Those three were, that, those, that core group of players were so dominant for so long. Yeah. I mean, granted, Barcelona has always been Barcelona. They will still always be Barcelona. Yeah. But there's always been groups of players that have been there that have made those teams so fearsome. I do think that this new three will be a fearsome three. But to try to compare them to the past, I think is unfair. I think, especially with having Messi in that talent, I mean, Messi's one of the greatest players of all time. Let's be honest. Do I think one of these three is going to be one of the greatest players of all time? I think they're all going to be great players. players. But to try to compare them to that level so quickly in their careers, I think is unfair. A lot of their response to that. Huh? Here's my my response to that. Okay. I do think that they can surpass Messi, Xavi, and Iniesta, and here's why. They have Gerard Piquet still on the team, and he played with all those players. He's going to be able to... <laughs> he's going to be able to lead them and give them guidance that... I mean, I'm sure Messi had, as, of course, with Ronaldinho and all these, all those other players. But Piquet's been through all these great all these great times at Barcelona. He's going to be able to put that onto these young kids before he goes, and they're going to take it to a whole other level. I think... Truthfully, Ansu Fati is one of the great, greatest young players out right now. He could potentially be the next Ballon d'Or winner. I think if we're talking about individual player skills within the relation to the two groups of three players, that's I think it's unfair to the young players, obviously, because it's, it's all speculation at this point, right? Oh, if sure. we're talking about results in production of trophies, I think the, the, the new three can either equal or surpass them if they do stay together. To, to compare any young player to the Ronaldos, the Messis, the Neymars, is just unfair. Oh, for sure. They, because they're, they're so young, you know what I mean? Anything can happen in, in, in the course of a career, right? Injuries, you know, external things like with Adriana, right? right? That can affect a player's development. If we're talking strictly results and trophies, I think they can produce on the field. 100%. And, again, they're so young. The ceiling is high. They, these kids are going to... They're, we're gonna hear about them yeah. for a while. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a flavor of the week situation here going on. They're they're here to stay. Yeah. Fazi Fazi came back from an injury that most people won't come back from. So, and he didn't look like he lost a step. Granted, it's one game, but I I don't see where I don't see a situation where he doesn't continue this type of pace. Yeah. And he's gonna. I, I just think he's gonna be here to stay. And they they were back. they were they were extremely dominant. Extremely dominant. I mean, and again, it's still Levante. Levante say. Yeah, but how you how you play how you play those lower, you know, lower table teams really says something about how your team is overall. Very true. And I mean, I we got to see them in the Champions League, of course. Yeah. See how they see that's how true. they fare in the Champions League. Granted, I don't expect them to win it this year. Yeah. Um, no, definitely not. But you see how they fare. You see how they hold up hold up against these guys, and once yeah. they. I think I think every great team needs that one beat down, and once they get that beat down from a Bayern Munich, like Bayern, or, <laughs> Bayern Munich. or PSG, or I don't somebody, know. Arsenal caught a lot of beat downs from Bayern. <laughs> they caught a lot of beat downs right now. They did. Um, once they get that loss and they see how it feels, it's going to make them better. I feel like losing truthfully makes you a better a better team in soccer. For I mean, every sport, but specifically soccer. Once you lose yeah. one of those games, you don't want to lose again. Yeah, that's if you keep everybody together. I feel like if you lose and then and blow the team up, then it's like... 
and oh, that's the other portion. Yeah. These kids, these guys are different these days compared to what we we had growing up, where a lot of these guys can transfer a whole lot, do a whole lot of movement. So you never know. Some of these guys could leave, and it could be a whole different team we're talking about right. in two years. Right. I also Which think is, the league is different. I mean, yeah. when we were growing up, La Liga was the two-horse race. Yeah. As much as yeah. people don't want to say it, it was always Real Madrid, Barca. True. Yeah. I mean, but nowadays you have Atletico that is it's a big three. And then now you're starting to have like Real Sociedad and stuff and teams like that that are starting to come up. They're really starting to challenge the higher the yeah. the big three in La Liga, and especially also had success in the European Championship yeah. and Champions League play. True, I mean, true. they're making strides. So I I don't when Javi, Messi, and Yes play their biggest obstacle for domestic success was Real. There's a lot more hurdles to get over now than there were then. True. And don't so I think, forget, there's, there's Elche now, too. Elche, I think time Elche will tell. I think they have potential. I think it's a lot harder fight <laughs> now than it is 15 years ago. No, I, I, think, agree. I, I, I think we're seeing the seeds being laid, laid between Real Madrid and Barca for, for a coming of the Galacticos you know, versus each other again with these young teams. Uh, in the next five or so years, you're going to see some really top-notch teams. Like you said, as long as these team, these, these players do stay together, the teams that Real Madrid are in, and Barca are building are going to be amazing to watch in the next couple of years once these, these players start aging and oh, yeah. know, gaining maturity. Oh, sure. Especially, you know, obviously, you know, if they start pulling in players from other leagues, other young players from other leagues and other teams, it's it's going to be, they're going to be right back at the top in no time. Which they will. They'll pull top talent because, like, Caleb, like you said earlier, I mean, so many players grew up wanting to play for Barca, wanting to play for Real. So, I mean, Bobby. you're going to get, yeah, you're going to get top-notch talent that's going to come to those teams. So, I mean, that, the team itself will definitely see success again. For sure. That's true. All right. So, boy, let's move on to Arsenal and Tottenham. This is a good one I want to break down. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I for sure thought this Uh-oh. game was going to go the complete opposite way it did. Did you? Yes. You thought it was going to be a, a landslide Tottenham win? Yes. I thought it was going to be 3-0 Tottenham. But, I don't know, man. It, I just it, want Arsenal to get relegated. That's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. Christmas. It's never going to happen. But to me, I feel like a couple of things about this game. Number one, it brought... Arteta's a whole new timeline, a whole new lifeline. Two, it showed that Arsenal can play at an elite level, which is what was missing in the first couple of games, especially that first game they played. It shows you you can, you see you see where the talent they have just needs to develop and play play a little more mature. I mean, I love I love I love Bukayo Saka. He played great. Nicholas Pepe is a great player for Arsenal. They have all these great players, and they finally came together and stepped up and played against a Tottenham team that, I mean, jury's still out, in my opinion. I think Harry Kane, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Harry Kane kind of blew it on one of those goals for Arsenal. He, he, he lost dove in. Yeah. 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 I, again, not, I'm not trying to shade Harry Kane, but this is why I can't, I can't, I can't be, I can't keep with this whole Harry Kane's this great soccer player, shade this him. elite soccer player. Shade, shade He's, him. <laughs> he's he's not that guy, <laughs> but you're not that guy, pal. <laughs> I, one th- one of the things that a commentator a commentator said that really stuck with me is Arsenal played this game like it was a rivalry game. Tottenham played this game like it was a testimonial. 
Yeah. And see, that's why I questioned you about the, the, the result you had in mind, because rivalry games are so, so much of a grab bag that you never know what you're going to get, right? Mm-hmm. Like like Liverpool playing Everton, Everton can easily come over a Liverpool, right? Just, just Those games are just a different breed, man. So, like, while it was shocking that Arsenal did win a game and, and did it fairly convincingly, in my opinion, if outside looking in, it, I felt like it could have gone either way because Arsenal needed that big moment, and you know they were hungry because of all the results they've been having and, and the outside pressure. And Tottenham have looked lackluster. They're trying to figure out the new system under Nuno. You know, it's and I, I for one, was really excited to see him at Tottenham because what he did with Wolves and now what he with the team he has at Tottenham, I felt like it was the perfect fit for him. So it might be growing pains. It might not be. I don't know. We'll see as the season develops, but. I, while it, I didn't expect a three. What is it? Three one, right? Three, one. Yeah. yeah, I didn't expect Arsenal bag three goals. I, I thought it was going to be a one nil or a, you know a one one draw sort of thing. They got the first goal, and I was like, "Oh, Tottenham about to turn up now." And then yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it just kept coming. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's one of those things. I mean, as a Chelsea fan, always love poking fun at Arsenal any chance I can get. But it's one of those things. Like they, you still got to remember they still have talent. They still have yeah. world class players. I mean, we joke on them all the time, but I mean, this type of result against a not very confident showing Tottenham team that has not been impressive all season so far. To me, it's really not that big of a surprise. Yeah, 3-1, maybe 2-1, 2-0 type thing. But I mean, this is still an Arsenal team that can pull out these wins. Every bad team. Would every once in a while. They're just not, they still have the consistency as the top four right now. They don't have that consistency as Man City, Chelsea, like they used to way in the day. But they still have that potential to pull those ones out every random week. I mean, if they keep up this pace, they can – I'm not going to say they're going to – Let's not, not get ahead of ourselves. No, no, no. no they're, not, they're not going to finish top four, but they can definitely make top, this make this a respectable season for themselves. Top six is reasonable for them, I would yeah. say. Oh, yeah. I would, I would they say can play like, in Europe like next year. Six. That's what they need. Yeah, absolutely. I will say this. Here's my new conspiracy theory. Um, I do I believe. <laughs> I love these. <laughs> we all saw. We all saw Henri in the uh, stands. The stands. Yeah. He's you gonna, think he's gonna he, take over. He's gonna be on. Yeah. He's gonna be coaching that team. Yeah. There's there are two more losses. There are two bad losses away from getting rid of Arteta and bringing in Henri. Because you know Henri still wants to see it. That's not that. That's not that wild. I would love to see it. I would love to see it too. Yeah. No. They 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 look good to me. They um. Good. It was one game. Um. But uh. I I think. They finally got all their players healthy, and they they played a good. They were in a, a great formation too that that suited all their players. So that definitely helped. And Tottenham just looked bad, like defending counter the counter attack looked mm-hmm. so bad. So I mean, I don't know if it was Arsenal being good or just Tottenham being bad, but um, yeah, I need to, I need to see more. I need to see more. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have to do it a couple more times. Before yeah. You Easily I think, a couple more times. I think another thing that Arsenal has going from is they got a couple players that need to prove themselves, right? And, and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang wants to come out and still show he's a top nine in the world. Mm-hmm. You have Martin Odegaard, who was you know slated to be the next big thing, right? When Real Madrid signed him, and now he's at Arsenal, and this is his 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 comeback chance, essentially, right? Yeah. And this game he looked great. Not to interrupt you, this he's, game. He's, he looked yeah, good. no, absolutely. And the thing, I don't know if it was Arteta setting him up this way or it was just the way that. Tottenham came out because Tottenham came out in the four three two one, right? Mm-hmm. Arsenal came out in a four two three one. They looked really great on the counter attack. That that counter attack goal where they played into Aubameyang back to goal and he flicked it into space for the counter, dude. Mm-hmm. It's clinical, yeah, clinical it was, play. It was nice. I 
I, I I don't know. I just this this if Arsenal can keep this pace up next year, they'll be they'll be back into a competitive nature. Odegaard, I, I still want to see him succeed. I, I, yeah, I, I, I like yeah. I liked seeing him in Madrid, and he kind of disappeared for a while. Went back to Norway because he was trash. He wasn't trash. He, he was, had they, the biggest they game. Him out, they put him out there too early. They put him out there way too early. He's too young. Yeah. He, I, it's I nice think, to see a 16-year-old play against a bunch of guys that are in the pros, but let's be real. You're still 16 years old. Fazi, yep. You're still Fazi small. Fazi you're not turned, as developed. Antu Fazi just turned 17 <laughs> before, he turned, before he scored his first goal for Barcelona. And he got hurt. He got hurt. <laughs> no, I'm talking about before. Before. <laughs> yeah, but because he, he was so young, he's playing against grown men. you got to give scored. these guys a chance. But another point I wanted to bring in is, I'm not saying this is why Arsenal had this slow start, but you got to think about it, going back to our argument with FIFA. But Saka didn't play in the first game. Man. This is what we're talking about. If you have a two-year FIFA World Cup, Saka's not going to play every every the beginning of every season. So, yep. That, that, and as he gets older, he's going to play a bigger role for England. Exactly. So, so what about it's, we, it's only going to get worse, right? Oh, no, definitely getting worse. And you think about it, not to go back to the FIFA point, but this makes it easier for the lower seed teams to become become a good be, to finish higher. But we love that though, right? Like a Leicester, like Newcastle, a we love that. Newcastle. <laughs> Could y'all imagine Newcastle winning the Premier League bro, again? I mean, they oh, have yeah. Santiago oh, Munez now. Oh, if, if, we do have Santiago Munez. If Michael <laughs> Owen comes back. <laughs> and Alan Shearer. You need Alan Shearer back as well to back some goals. You. Let me tell you, with the, with, the, with the manager we have, we need more than that. <laughs> But yeah, no. Um, again, a great game by Arsenal, and you hope to see more of it unless they're playing Chelsea. And yeah, we'll see what happens with them. But before we get out of here, let's uh, talk about the Champions League with PSG and C. And this one. Before we start, let's just see who you, who you all think is going to win. I got I got Man City winning. I think it's gonna be close either way. I think it's gonna be a one or two goal game one way or the other. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. Everybody wants to say City by convincing, right? Everybody wants to. Say, it's the easy I'm not going to say convincing. I'm going to say a one-zero game because not one. It's the first. It's the first game against each other, so they're not going to throw all the cards out right. right off the bat. Two, I think there's something going on in PSG where they're not really all clicking. Yeah, of course. For a couple, for a couple reasons. One, Messi doesn't seem like he's too happy with the way things are going out there. Two, I still believe with all of my heart, Neymar and Mbappe do not get along. But they do. They are not. They are not. They try to make. They try to play nice in front of the cameras. Yeah. I truthfully believe when you see them play, there's a lot of times where they ice each other out of the game. Yeah. And at some point, it's going to come to a place where it's where they can't go back. Yep. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I read today. I read today where um, Neymar didn't even know or he didn't realize that like Mbappe wanted to leave so bad that he was like pissed about it. So I mean, that, it, it makes sense why you think they. Were, I mean, there's definitely a rift there. They're, they're, not, they're not getting along right now. So. Yeah, and remember back, Neymar leaving Barcelona, right? He left because he wanted to lead his own project, right? right. He wanted yep. to be the center of attention. I'm pretty sure that Mbappe was thinking the same thing same when he transferred thing. to PSG. So you have yeah. two players that want to be the center of the, the philosophy of the team, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not going to work. And then you have Messi coming and in, say, yeah, Messi who's literally in, yeah. been the center of every <laughs> right. team he's ever played on, right? <laughs> So it's just kind of like, uh, what do we do here, right. sort of thing. Right. And then Di Maria's just out wide, like, "Hey guys, I'm still here." Like, yeah. I think, it, I think it's a lot of players wanting to be that guy, and yeah. the, you only one person could be that guy, right? If they were older, yeah. if they were, if if Neymar and, and and Mbappe were older, there might be some give and take there. But I feel like they're still so young, still, and they have like they have so much money left to make that they're like, "Nah, I'm that guy." Yep. 
and then you add all these other because they have other stars now. Wijnaldum as well. You got all right. these guys who are very great players and on a team by themselves would be the the center of attention. That guy. You now have them all on one team, and we all said at the beginning of the season, I don't see anybody beating this team, which I still kind of agree with because they're playing in France. It's going to be hard for anybody to beat them in France. But when it gets to these Champions League games, I'm at first I thought it would be easy for them, but now I'm not so convinced because if you have all these guys struggling for the attention, it's one ball in soccer. I mean, it's going to it's, it's gonna, it's gonna peak its head at the very worst moment for them in a – whether it be in a, a round of 16 game or something, and then who knows what happens from there. You're going to see a lot of people wanting to leave the club. I think you've My, already started to see it. Yeah, you when already Messi see came, it, yeah. When Messi got subbed off by Pochettino. Oh, he yeah. Was, he was visibly upset about he it, was, right? Exactly. He's never been, it's never been a thing where they off? make a change for him, right? Like, exactly. So it's already starting to show, I feel. And, it's, and I feel like it's only going to get worse, given take the results, obviously. And the other situation where Mbappe and Neymar were on the field and Neymar wasn't giving Mbappe the ball and then Mbappe came off and the ball suddenly went to where Neymar, where Mbappe was. And you saw Mbappe on the sideline, they had it in French where he's like translating, where he's like, well, he didn't pass me the ball when I was out there, but now he's passing yeah. the ball here. It's, this, is, this, could, this could be a very toxic situation for that club. And this might, too many stars. Exactly. And this is, my, stars. this is my argument with anything. No team, NBA, NFL, soccer – Baseball, you can't have that many stars on one team. There has to be a guy that everybody knows that we're deferring to, and the rest of us are just a supporting cast. It doesn't work. It doesn't work when everybody wants to be the guy. And it's why Cavani left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going going back to your reference to other sports, <laughs> I mean, look at look at the Kobe Shaq Lakers, right? Yeah. Kobe wanted to be the guy. Shaq wanted to be the guy. The Lakers yeah. decided the younger guy's the guy. Later, right, Shaq. Exactly. You know what I mean? Gotta go. Yeah. I think the only go. thing that's going to help City in this matchup this week is the fact that there's the chance that Messi's not playing. Um, I know I looked at reports. It was earlier this weekend. Uh, Messi's injury is uncertain for this kind of Champions League picture, which wouldn't surprise me if they said him because, I mean, they still have Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria, so it's not a huge blow. I mean, losing Messi on any team is a blow. But losing Messi on this PSG team when they're already so stacked in every other position, not as big as a blow as it would be on other teams. But City's just clicking right now at a level that PSG Absolutely. Isn't. Not only oh, that, but City's clicking no matter what team of 11 they put out there. Thanks. Pep's got that team down to such a science. He can literally throw out... It's almost like Sir Alex Ferguson-esque when they played Arsenal. He threw out like eight uh, defenders. I feel like Pep could throw out eight defenders and probably still beat this PSG team just because he has them clicking on that wavelength. Yeah, and let's be honest, winning winning makes it easier, right? So they're coming off of you know a great season, so the the the, the confidence is at a peak, and they're playing well in the league. So I mean, it's it's one of those things where you don't know what you're going to get on the field of eleven, but you know it's going to be good from Man City. And, and they just got their get years. back on Chelsea, so they're they're feeling themselves. You know? Exactly, yeah, confidence yeah. confidence is confidence at an all time high. What are you winning, saying winning, I'll say winning also cures cures uh, family rifts as well. So PSG start winning, they might they might figure it out they might put that put that stuff to the side for the season. I'm not so convinced though because again, winning with this type you're expected to win with this team. Winning winning cures all. I'll be honest, winning cures. Winning a Champions League could cure this. <laughs> winning the league won't cure this because there's no, nothing I mean, in the league to compete with. You got to win the Champions League. And that's what PSG, from the minute they were bought by, I don't know, I forget the owner's name. From the minute they bought, they got bought and started bringing in all these stars before Messi, it was about winning the Champions League, and they still haven't done it. And if they don't do it with this team, it's going to be a bigger problem. 
Can we not take, now win? I'll take. Yeah. For the front. Oh, go ahead. I'll take. Messi goes back to Barcelona next year. No, he's going to the MLS. No. Right, yeah, I think he goes to MLS. Him and Ronaldo are going to the MLS the same he's retire. year. Ronaldo's <laughs> going to LA Galaxy. Messi's going to Inter Miami. Is yeah, what I feel like is going to sure. happen. That's, for sure. I said it. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> so, no. I, he's going to retire but, in Barcelona. Hmm, I don't know. He'll probably go back to Argentina or something. But but I do think when if they don't win the Champions League this year or next, the front office is going to have a problem that's going to trickle all the way down to the to the training ground. Oh, he's not coaching he's, next year. Uh, he's, he's not, he's not going to be at PSG next year. Who? Messi? Messi. No. He'll stay for the two years for sure. He's on two-year with a one-year option, right? So he could be yeah, at three. Yeah. yeah. Two years for sure. But he there, there's going to be problems. Somebody's going to go. And Bappe is probably the first one to go, obviously. Yeah, but I think then, the Madrid is oh, yeah, just, it's, it's a matter of time, right? Yeah. yeah. He's gone during the summer. Yeah, but you lose Mbappe, you don't get in. I mean, you don't need to get better, but what do you what do you get in return? Because what Mbappe does for that team is is undeniable. Yeah, Neymar doesn't do what Mbappe does for that team. Mbappe doesn't do what Neymar does for that team. They have their roles, but they clash. Messi come Messi coming in again clashes, and I'm surprised that he chose PSG to begin with. Cause I I assumed he didn't want to play with Neymar. That's my personal opinion, not based on any facts. I just assumed he didn't want to. And I don't know. Sergio Ramos is good, but he's he's not the Sergio Ramos of old. So that might peak his head, and that might peak his head. In a game like this against against City, it might peak its head in a situation where, oh snap, he's not as good as we thought he was anymore. That's why he's there, you know. Yeah. But we'll see. We will. We sh- we shall see. Yeah. But before we go, before we leave uh, this podcast, any last takes on this? Anybody? Anybody? Got anything they want to say? Ah uh, no? man, I just. I, I think that, um, PSG has room to show that they can work together. And they need to do it fast before they get eliminated, get knocked out of the group stage. How embarrassing would that be, though? I mean, extremely. <laughs> Dude, if they get happens, knocked out group Messi's stage. Messi's gone in January. You think he's gone? You think he's gone this year if they get out the group stage? If he gets out group stage, then what was the point of keep up? Uh, I mean, the whole point of buying right. was to win. I mean, like you said, yeah. this team's expected to win Champions League. They're expected to win every week. If you get knocked out in the group stage, why? I mean, I see no. so many. And Bappi's got a request to leave in January. I see so, that, so many players. Right, that's the thing, though, right? Jump that ship. Did they need Messi, though? Like, I feel like that team could have made a deep run in Champions League with or without Messi oh, or they with could've. or without Ramos, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's just now like an embarrassment of riches with what they have. So at that point, does it come down to the team, or does it come down to Poch not being able to get the team through? And it's so crazy that they're so deep, and we tend to forget that Donnarumma's on this team. <laughs> yeah, arguably the greatest goal, arguably the best goalkeeper in the world right now. Arguably, yeah. great business by the front office to get all those players. Yeah, right? on free train, on free. But train now, but now it's now it's Poch's turn. Like he's yeah. gotta he's yeah. gotta get results with them. Hey. What am I supposed to do with all this money that I just got? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just used to having Harry Kane in front. I don't know right, what exactly. all these class players. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up one day and you got five yeah. great players. Yeah. 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 It's definitely turning out to be an interesting story for them like, yeah. as of right now. I mean, maybe it'll heal itself like you said, Wendell, but I'm at this point very much not convinced. They need, they need, they need a, um, like a 6-0, 7-0 win. Yeah, they need that. Really they need that saving win against a team that's not in their league. Yeah, yeah they like need it, to... 
if they come out tomorrow and smash four past City, that'll be huge. Yeah. Oh, if they yeah. smash three past City, it'll be huge. But if they come out tom- tomorrow and get throttled by City, that's going to put a major damper on the Messi de- development of the team. Messi's gone. I'm telling you, he's gone. He should have went to Man City to begin with. He should have <laughs> went to Newcastle. He should have went to Newcastle. He could have bought the club this and guy. played. This he guy. He could have bought the club and played. Dog, I'm telling you. Player manager. Player manager. I'm about to pull five dollars together and buy the club. Like that's all it's worth now. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go halfsies. <laughs> you go halfsies. Right, I'll go halfsies. Two two new American owners. Oh my god. We signed with Jordan. We signed it with Jordan. The whole nine, son. Whole team get free ones. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. That's been the podcast for this week. Um, before we leave, uh, you can follow me at Common Courtesy on Instagram, Twitter. Kegel, where can they find you? Uh, at Cali Cag, C A L I C A G S, all one word on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch.tv. Wendell? Uh, at Real Wendell Jr. on Instagram and Twitter, and Wendell Foster Jr. on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Josh. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at the underscore other underscore Josh. What about your dogs? Tell them about your dogs. You can find my dogs on TikTok. Hey. <laughs> I'll put a link in the I'll put a link in the YouTube description. Put a link, put the link right here below. Right, link at the bottom. Right under, right under. Right under. <laughs> well, all right, guys. We'll see have... you guys next week. Uh, this has been another episode of the Art Soccer Collective podcast. Uh, it's going to be interesting when we come back to talk about all these results. Until then, see you guys later. See ya. <laughs>